righty. Hey, it's Daisha D. And it's Jay Stan. Welcome back to In Retrospect Podcast, where we look beyond the surface to find understanding. Bring you laughs, knowledge, and culture. So sit back, relax, and join the convo. So we're going to start off with us with our segment. Got a little too excited. Yeah, a little, oh, bit, a little bit. Just a little bit. Not too much. Not too much. <laughs> let's unpack this where you guys send in your questions or we unpack something that has been going viral. All right. Online. And this week, there is a teacher out of Atlanta, Georgia. He's a middle school teacher. And he is sharing his grievances about how he is teaching seventh graders who are not where they need to be academically. And I'm just going to let y'all listen. Yeah, here we go. Take a moment to discuss. Let's take a moment to debrief. Let's take a moment to unpack. So I'm not really understanding why they're not telling y'all. Like, we all know that the world is behind, like, you know, globally, like, you know, because of the pandemic and stuff. But I don't understand why they're not stressing to y'all how bad it is. Like, I'm not even trying to be funny, but these kids are... I'm going to just say this. I teach seventh grade. They are still performing on the fourth grade level. I don't care how you flip it, turn it, swing it, swing it, swindle it. They still performing on a fourth grade level. Ain't nobody talking about how they just keep moving, passing them on. They just keep passing them on, 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 passing them on. I can put as many zeros in this grade book as I want to. They're going to move that child to eighth grade next year. Ain't nobody talking about that. Why they not talking about that? Why they not telling y'all that y'all... And why don't y'all know that y'all kids not performing on their grade level? Why y'all don't know this? Why y'all don't know? Talk about it. Let's unpack because y'all be quick to talk about, oh, the teacher, this, the teacher, this, the teacher. It's your job, it's your job, baby. I just got here 30 days ago. She was performing on the fourth grade level since fourth grade. So, like he said, let's unpack this. Why do you think, as somebody who was previously a teacher, why do you think that the kids are behind? I mean, they're behind just because they're not getting uh, the, what's the word to say, the attention that they need at home. Uh, everybody always says that, oh, you need to apply yourself when you're doing work, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the teacher can only do but so much. If the teacher sends the work home, as far as work, I'm talking about homework mm-hmm. or extra work to be done at the house, home with the parents or guardian or whomever they live with, and it doesn't get done, then there's that's out of the teacher's hands. So just, you know, in my honest opinion, I blame the parents more than the teachers. Now, don't get me wrong. There aren't great there are great teachers out there some people are great uh at uh articulating themselves to help every child understand any and everything that they're discussing but when it comes to this part right here when it comes to the child the child falling behind and being on a fourth grade level while they're in seventh grade that's because they go home and then they jump on youtube or jump on the ipad or jump on the video game and play games all all the whole time they're home there's no structure. And unfortunately, you know, th- that that happens a lot. And it's just very unfair to the teacher to be like, you're not doing your you're not doing your job. These kids are failing. Why is that? It must be you. What are you teaching them? I mean, uh, I blame the parents. You go ahead, to say that they're on a fourth grade level is being generous because there are some kids who may be on a second or first grade level. Okay, and that's not even me being shady or funny. It's sadly the truth. Now, if he's teaching seventh grade and they're on a fourth grade reading well level, I think he teaches math. If they're on a fourth grade level, it could be reading too. Yeah, I mean, reading be bad too. 
But that mean that would mean that these children more than likely started middle school during COVID. And as we all know, we were all placed on pause. Everything, well, most things were virtual. And transitioning from elementary to middle school is already tough. So to make that transition via the internet and then try to take classes via the internet is a lose-lose situation all around. Now, I think it's different factors. Kind of like what we talked about with Kindle. So we talked about in Black and education. So one, yes, parents have to take responsibility for their kids' education. You can't just expect your child to get everything they need while they're at school because there are so many different things going on while they're at school. And what, how would you know if your child doesn't need extra assistance if you're not checking in with them to advocate for them through the school system? So that's one thing. Now, there are some teachers who suck, capital S, at classroom management. And if you don't have classroom management, you ain't getting through none of them lessons, not one. Yeah, let's not forget about those parents, too, when they are alerted that, hey, your child may need, you know, a little extra help past me to get uh, where they need to be in this particular subject. The pushback you get is, my child, my child knows, my child is smart. My child knows what they're doing. It's you. You don't know what you're doing. Uh, I only have but so much time or the teacher only have but so much time. And when the time runs up, then it's like, when can the additional help be, be given? But here's my pushback on that. My pushback is this, because I am actively working in a middle school in Atlanta, Georgia, much like- With the, multiple kids, multiple kids, put that out there. kids, much like the guy that we just watched. My issue is this, and he probably experiences the same thing. Parents have their priorities completely messed up. Because if I call a parent to meet with them, and this happens, if I call a parent to meet with them because their child is chronically absent, meaning they don't go to class. <laughs> or they show up late, or they show up late consistently. That's a tardy. But that's a tardy, though. I just want you to be in the class. Oh, just in the class, even if they're late. Yeah. If I'm calling you because your child is not coming to school or going to class, that means more than likely they are failing core classes. Won't get a call back. Nothing. But let me pull up to the house. And because my title is school social worker, they associate me with DFACS, which is DCS, DSS, CPS. That's that's what that is. And then they got an attitude. I just want to know why you coming to my house, leaving your card. As a, so why a social worker got to come to my house? Well, ma'am, I try to contact you. The teacher try to contact you. Uh, administrator, staff try to contact you. You didn't answer. But let me take a child phone. They coming down there in 0. 0.2, 0. 0.2 seconds. Um, y'all don't pay the bill. Give me like we need to we need to get back to valuing our child's education and not looking at the school as a babysitter. Seriously, like that's what I was about to say. A lot of these parents nowadays are looking at the school as a daycare. Let me drop my child off and then I can go to work or I can do what I need to do. Oh, I'm going to put them in a sport after too, or an extracurricular activity, not because they like it, because it'll keep them busy. No, don't do that. That's not right. But hey, not my child. 
I can't tell you what can come from it. Maybe they'll learn to love it, or maybe they'll just you're just living vicariously through them. Maybe possibly that's another thing, but we're not touching on that specifically because at the beginning of this whole thing, we were talking about kids being in seventh grade, but being on a fourth grade level uh, in either math. But usually, where you see the most uh, discrepancy in is reading. Uh, yes, reading, and people are like, "What? Yeah, you got some kids sometimes are even in seventh eighth grade, they don't even know how to read." Oh yeah. Like that is extremely common, and that and like you said, with with COVID going on, that was a major issue because there was nobody that was technically hands on making sure that stuff was being done. Some parents did it to the best of their abilities that were able to work from home, and even when they were home, it was like, yeah, go ahead, do what you want to do, get on the iPad, um, just make sure you're in front of that camera when the teacher comes. Well, I. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that it's all all of the factors play a role in why the kids are where they are. And I really hope that we do not get quarantined again and that we can get back on track somehow. Because if this is who is coming up next, we doomed. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, I mean, just to get a little off track. I mean, I know you're saying like we are the future. We always tell every every group coming up next that you are the future. But the wild part about it all is like the people in positions of, of power are how old? Well, yeah, we yeah, we already know that though. Like it, they have to. They you have see what I'm saying? You see what I'm getting at? Die off, because <laughs> they're oh, not going to let, go. <laughs> let them go. So they have to perish. In order for new people to get into, I like that. I like that. Perish. That was nice. That was smooth. Perish. This, yeah, this ain't cutting it. Um, <sighs> another news. A transition over to uh, discussing DJ Envy's situation. Uh, I know many of you have probably seen it in the news with him and his business partner. Uh, I'm just going to read a quick little snippet, real quick, off of Vulture. Uh, off of. An organization named Vulture, or you call it a what you want, but put this on the next rumor report. But it's not a rumor; it's official news. Uh, Caesar Pina, a business associate of the Breakfast Club co-host DJ DJ Envy, was arrested on October 18th for his alleged role in a real estate Ponzi scheme. Pina had flipped houses with DJ Envy in New Jersey and often guested on the Breakfast Club as flipping New Jersey uh, homes. Now, federal prosecutors claim Pina defrauded dozens of people of, out of millions of dollars, charging him with the count of wire fraud. The same day Pina was charged, uh, the news reported that the New York office of iHeartRadio, where the Breakfast Club Records was, was raided by the federal offices, of, by federal officials who took electronics. DJ Envy was... Uh, DJ Envy was also, I mean, has yet to face charges, I should say. But the federal complaint against Pina does mention a well-known disc jockey and radio personality who isn't too hard to identify. So what is going on here? That is the question. I was just saying, go ahead. Okay, yeah. What I will say is that with this whole situation, it kind of shines a light on like a lot of people want to do business. And it just comes in, you know, part with, when people do business, and this is my honest opinion, anybody can comment down below, of course, and let us know your thoughts on how you handle business, your thoughts on business, business partners specifically. Uh, when you do not, when you aren't too 
privy to certain things. It's like, okay, let me get a partner and let's work together to try to figure this out. Uh, and this, in this specific case, allegedly, uh, DJ Envy was basically giving him the keys to the car to drive, put him in connections with people that he knows and people that he knew, and the vehicle was being driven. And all Envy allegedly was doing was putting gas in the car. Whereas other folks as well were putting gas in the car and the alleged person who was being charged with uh, wire fraud and several other charges was just driving the car off and not paying back the gas money. That's the best analogy I got. Uh, but I want to play a quick clip from friend to the pod, Yamanika Saunders, when DJ Envy first started talking about this on the Breakfast Club. They're back and forth about what you're saying. Real Here we quick. go. I want to get a house from you. Should I, I see? But what if you flipping something? Ain't it houses? Okay. Or what the fuck you doing? Right. Every time I see you doing something, you flipping a house in New Jersey or some shit like that. No, I'm not you real sold houses. I, no, but I you buy houses. I, I fix them and I rent them out. I'm not a realtor. I'm trying to encourage people to buy homes and to create. You should become wealth. a realtor. Okay, but I'm trying to figure out because then you got the home and you try to make money off the home and you making money off the home. Yes, ma'am. So you selling the homes. I'm selling rooms you, or apartments. I'm keeping it. SROs. Yeah, I'm keeping it. So oh, you're the slumlord. I'm oh, you got four families worth of niggas living under one roof? Oh, oh my. my God. Does the government know? I'm trying to encourage done... people to buy homes and to invest in themselves so they can always have property instead of continue to rent. By investing in you and get putting no. money in your pocket. Let's not act like you're not making money. I'm just to the point I'm making you making money, right? I'm doing mm -hmm. it the right way without getting got. But they got to get got by you before they don't get got. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like he just incriminated himself <laughs> on several levels. But I mean, you could call it what you want. But she, see, this is this is another thing too that happens also often in conversation. People have conversations with folks and don't realize how much they actually know. When she started throwing out, when she started throwing out those terms like SROs and this, that, and the third, he probably was like, "Oh, oh, I thought she was just a person that tells jokes." Sounds like she knows a little bit more than. You know what I'm saying? Then I thought she knew. I'm gonna I'm make a comment, and y'all, please don't get upset with me. I'm addressing us because I am a black woman, and I only know what it is to be black. Okay, so just that's that's my okay. I want us to release ourselves from the shackles of trying to do things the easy way. If someone says. It's like you're barely working. It's easy. Anyone can do it. Just get your like. If anyone is starting off, this is like the forex thing that they were doing during COVID. Yeah. When every forex uh, exists, boy. but people had Ponzi schemes, and they're like, "Okay, well, if you join, just get two other people to join, and then y'all make money." Look at my look at my mentor. He got a penthouse. He got chains. That's what this is. If you want to make money, which we all do, if you want to live a life of luxury and comfort, that is beautiful. But you, uh, you yeah. make sure that you educate yourself and do the homework. Why in the hell on God's green earth would you go to a man, and I'm not trying to discriminate, but he literally said, I studied real estate while I was in prison. Now, do we even know why he was in prison? Was it for the same shit? We don't know. But Envy was like, you know what? I want to make some money. 
I trust you. I'm going to be the face of this because let's face it. You on the breakfast club, which is one of the biggest platforms with <laughs> the culture. So if you are telling people, black people specifically, Hey, this is how I'm making money legally. Get with me. And I got you. They're going to take your word for it. Why? Because you DJ envy. And sadly, now you saying you don't want to get got, but you just got got by Caesar. I'm saying, and you telling me they ain't gonna run that back. That you must be out your damn mind. They gonna be like, so uh, can you explain to me what you meant right here, sir? It's gonna happen, which is wild. I didn't even know that clip. That overlooked that. That's kind of wild for real. That's I unfortunate. Know, that's how long ago that was? It ain't been too long. Four years. Four years. It ain't been ago. too long. <laughs> It was only a matter of time. Shout out to, like I said, friends of the pod, Yamanika, for calling it out. She tried to help him. Joe Budden tried to help him too, but you know. I just like when that's just like that whole uh, million dollars worth of game podcast. Shout out, shout out to Gillian Wallow. But that whole episode they had with with Young Thug before he went to jail, and they're like, "Hey, you just got to chill out. Don't be doing all that crazy stuff in the streets or out and about. They're coming for you. Uh, you know that's how it is." But unfortunately. Uh, Folks didn't get their money back and folks are, you know, taking the necessary steps to make sure uh, that money is accounted for or not accounted for per se. But the parties involved, that the parties involved are going to see the consequences of them not being fair and getting the money and that they were promised. And his allegedly started deleting all of her posts off of Instagram that included well, like expensive stuff. Well. So, I really hope that he doesn't catch too much like legal heat for this because he says that he had nothing to do with it and i want to believe that i mean uh, but he has kids the damage is already done I know. regardless once people start printing and typing or not print typing, what am i talking about start posting and things on these different you know uh websites or whatnot and different social medias it's out there forever yeah regardless if he is found not guilty or not you, you are involved. Our shows. All right. Um, moving on. <laughs> In other news, you had something that you saw on. Yeah, we were, yeah, we were going to talk about how uh, these streaming services, specifically Netflix and Hulu, are going up on prices. Uh, and it's strange that they're going up on prices while, of course, we all are aware that, you know, writers are on strike as well as actors. Uh, but it's strange that these streaming services are going up on these prices and these actors and writers aren't getting paid. Uh, and, I'm and I'm curious to know who is at fault for this, that for what is going on. And when I say who is at fault, why are these actors and writers not getting paid yet? These streaming services are able to go up on price. Uh, who's to blame? Is it the actor? Is it the production company? Is it the streaming service that is sometimes the production company that is going up on and these writers feel underpaid as well? I'm just curious because um, it's definitely not the actors. Um, it would definitely be the production companies and the streaming companies because they are the ones that make the money and provide the money for them to continue to create television and movies and things like that. Um but I don't feel like it's any different than how things have always been. The people who are at the very top work the least and make the most. 
and greed is a real thing. And so actors, I think a lot of people make the assumption that just because you see someone on TV or the big screen wealthy or yeah, yeah. Or a movie that they're wealthy, but keep in mind, they, <laughs> that's one project. That's one project. And once yep. that project is over, that check is done. But guess what? The people who like the directors and producers, they get residuals, meaning they get checks each time that this this commercial or this television show or movie is is ran. Keep in mind how you have, uh, well, in our culture, you have Baby Boy that's played every day, every week. <laughs> those actors, yeah. those actors will continue to make money from that. They might, but it might be like two dollars on a check. They don't, and that's yeah. crazy. So nothing. It's the people who have always been at fault, which are the the top dogs. And they're just going to increase prices because they can. And they're going to continue to kick people off from password sharing because they've been doing that too, where you can't even access the streaming on your TV or phone or whatnot. Okay, I got a couple things. I got a couple things. Uh, first, I feel like both sides are to blame. Reason being uh, when it comes to the actors as far as writers as well. I feel like it may have taken people a lot longer to start discussing how much everyone was making. So they didn't know what the next person was making. And they were like, wait a minute, you're getting paid that and I'm doing this. That's not even nowhere near the same amount. So now I feel like people are more sharing now, are sharing now more than ever what each other is making. So it makes it a lot more, you know, easier for the conversations to be had of how to better the environment for writers and actors. Now I blame the I blame the production side, even though they're going to say, "Well, you know the game." Well, they could have easily hired their own counsel for them to get, so that they could become more educated in the whole everything that goes on with signing these contracts, as well as gaining residuals. But they're not going to do that. But they could have, and then that's why I said it kind of honest, uh, honestly. Sometimes, for the most part, some of it falls on these actors and writers. Uh, I just don't think that that's, I hear you. I just don't know that that is fair to say because it's no different from any other career that someone yeah. has where you're, you've had many uh, strikes, worker strikes beyond actors, right? You had a teacher strike in South Carolina, what, three years ago um, at the Capitol where they had all walked out of their schools and they were like, y'all need to pay us. Now, did their pay increase? No. Do they have to continue to go to work? Yeah. Why? Because they got bills. And those bills are just going to increase. And so I feel like it's no different than anyone else who has to have a job to take care of themselves. Like, I would love, I think everybody would love if they knew for a fact, if we get together and say that we demand more pay and we don't go to work, we would love to think that if we all did that, that we would get an increase. But most of the time, you don't. They just post your role on Indeed, and they keep it pushing. Um, only time I've heard of people getting together and getting an increase was for the show Friends. And those are all white people. And I'm going to leave it at that. Well, well, well. 
Detective Daisha D on the. <laughs> hey, that's a, hey, that's some good reporting right there because it's true. Because you got Sanford and Son, them cats didn't get no money, none. But hey, we gonna leave it at that. I could go down the line for real. There's a lot of folks out there uh, that did not get any money. Uh, it's unfortunate, uh, but that's what happened. Right. Um, well, thank you all if you have made it this far. <laughs> Comment below your you opinions. Did. Different stories that we have talked about. I have been Daisha D. And I've been Jay Stan. Thank you for joining us. Uh, join us every other Friday at noon. <laughs> and always remember to like, comment, and subscribe. And check out some other episodes. Let's do it. All right. <laughs>